Greetings, citizens, and welcome to Unknown. I'm Jason McClellan. I'm here with Maureen Ellsbury and Shane Hurd, and we are grateful to you for hanging out with us today. And we're also very grateful to have our dear friend and fellow podcaster and rogue planeteer, Ryan Sprague, joining us on the show today. Hey, Ryan, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a while since the four of us have all been on together, so I'm super stoked to be doing this. Well, I'm super excited, too, to have our our team here today. Well, Ryan co-starred on a television special that just aired on The CW titled Roswell Mysteries Decoded. We'll definitely talk about that in a bit. But first, let's talk about history's new dramatic series, Project Blue Book. Project Blue Book premiered on Tuesday, January 8th. According to entertainment news company Media Entertainment Arts Worldwide, the premiere received 2.1 million total viewers, making it the network's, quote, most watched scripted series premiere since the March 2013 premiere of the hit series Vikings. So the number of viewers also reportedly makes the premiere of Project Blue Book the number one new scripted series on cable for the season across all key demographics. So this show so far has been a huge success. Now, I know that all of us here have seen the premiere episode, and I'd love to hear what you guys thought of it. And for listeners, our conversation right now will likely contain spoilers. Fair warning. All right. So I'm going to start with you, with, uh, with you, Shane. What did you think of the first episode of Project Blue Book? I thought it was great. It's, it's, it's exactly what I expected um, from the premiere. We saw just uh, the high-quality production. The writing was great. Uh, the actors were really good. Um, I just thought they handled it, you know, in a very good way. It, it you know, though fictional and, and based on, you know, the real life events, I thought they did a good job keeping the integrity of the of the case, but obviously adding some, you know, artistic flair to it and, you know, moving the story along and kind of giving that, I think, with this whole program will be about as a slight x-files edge to it yeah i like that i like that thought ryan what did you think loved it absolutely loved it i rewatched it again this morning just for this uh interview because i i i love the case that they first started out with in the show which i'm sure we'll get to but uh yeah in terms of that shane authenticity yeah we have to remember it's a drama so i went in you know, even the first time initially watching it, knowing that we were not going to get a documentary of every case in Blue Book. So I thought it was slick, stylistic. I love that time period. I love the UFO cases that came out of that time period. And to see J. Allen Hynek on a screen gave me chills when he first showed up. So I, I'm a huge fan. I, I'm looking forward to this time period X files as many have put it and uh can't wait dark skies that's another one it reminded me of oh cool yeah no that's yeah a cool that's one right to go in. Yeah. what about you maureen what do you think okay i'm gonna i'm gonna preface it by saying since i had purchased it on amazon i had to wait till after midnight to watch it so i was tired <laughs> therefore i need to go back and rewatch it but i liked it I'm excited for the next episodes. I think I hyped myself up just slightly a little too much. Um, 
but I, but I really liked it and I agree with all your production values and slickness and um, can't add much to that. So I, I'm really looking forward to uh, where the season goes. I know next week they're doing the Flatwoods monster, which I'm super psyched on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, I, I'm excited about the fact that they're basing them off of real cases, but then, you know, fictionalizing them because that uh, for us UFO researchers, you know, that's something super exciting because we know what the real cases are and how they um, have affected history and how they are perceived today. Um, and I think this is going to drive a lot of people to start researching these old cases as well that, you know, the general public that have no idea what the Flatwoods monster is, you know, and, and so I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season, but yeah, like I said, I, I need to watch it again. Nerd alert, nerd alert, right? <laughs> There's so much of that for, for us UFO geeks because this show is packed with so many Easter eggs and just sort of mm -hmm. nods to the UFO research community. So it's so it's so fun watching it from that perspective and seeing people we know or people that we know certain characters are based on or things they're bringing up. We're all, oh yeah, they're talking about that. That's so cool. There's so many of those moments in this show. So it's fun to watch from that standpoint. Well, the first episode of the series is titled The Fuller Dogfight, and that is precisely what the main characters, Captain Michael Quinn and Dr. Jalen Hynek, investigate as not only the first case the audience gets to see, but also Hynek's first case as well that we get to see in this show. So as the title implies, the case involves a military pilot, Lieutenant Henry Fuller, who finds himself in a dogfight with a UFO. Now, although Lieutenant Henry Fuller is a creation for the show, this case, as with much of what you see presented in the show, is based on something real. So, Shane, if you would, um, just briefly kind of walk us through what the real case is behind this fuller dogfight that we see in the first episode of Project Blue Book. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, it's, it, it is an interesting case. In fact, it's one of the cases that Ed Ruppelt in his book, um, uh, the report on the UFOs talked about being one of the classic cases. Um, and of course, I think anytime that you uh, have evidence uh, or a case related to the military that that heightens the authenticity of it. And they certainly took it serious when it happened and, and was reported. Um, and, you know, again, it, it's it, it occurred in 1948. Again, this period of time where just all of these UFO events were occurring really had the nation's attention. It had had the military's attention. So it's a great case that they, they utilized for the first one for the show. But um, yeah, that the actual pilot's name was Gorman as opposed to Fuller. Um, but you know, it, it's the, the way they related the case is pretty, fo follows it along pretty well. Um, there was a, a group of uh, Air National Guard pilots on a training mission. Uh, they were near Fargo, North Dakota. They, uh, one of them dropped back, this uh, Gorman, uh, to get a little extra flight time in at night flying since it was clear. And then this is when he began to have his experience. Ended up being a 27-minute encounter where basically he chased it, it chased him. Uh, unlike the, the television program, there he wasn't you know, shooting live fire at it per se, but um, most of the event is, is pretty well accounted for. And in fact, what's really interesting, I think, about this case is that at that moment, there were also several other witnesses. There was a, a Piper Cub that was piloted by uh, a, a man and had a passenger 
that was there saw these events as they unfolded. Uh, there was the um, ground control people. They also were seeing this uh, object through binoculars and so forth. So um, the event, you know, there's no doubt about it. It really occurred. And and uh, Gorman was, you know, engaged. He was upset by it. Um, but, you know, in the end, uh, he landed and then, you know, made his report and that investigation began. Yeah, it's a it's a really exciting case. And, you know, I think some people might might be a little concerned about the series Project Blue Book, worrying that they might have come out of the gate with like their most amazing case and it can only mm-hmm. go down from here. And I, I don't think that's going to happen. Don't worry. They know what they're doing. They wanted it to, to start with a bang for sure, but they've got a lot of exciting stuff in store as the season progresses. But super exciting case. I love it. And it was certainly fun to see it on the screen and see Jalen Hynek investigating this. And I, I just thought it was fun. And I do, again, have to commend history for what they are doing with this series. I mean, you can go right now to history's website and read about the Gorman case. You know, they're putting this real information out as sort of a public education campaign to coincide with the show, explaining the things they're showing in the, in the film or in the series and the real life things those are based on. So that's going above and beyond. They're under no obligation to do that, but you know, I think it's incredibly amazing that they are investing the money and time to do that. Well, did you guys see too on the uh, the broadcast at the end of each episode? It looks like they're going to be having like actual UFO researchers and historians explaining the actual case that the episode is based on. I think they had Dolan on this past week, the first episode. I think right. Jacques Vallée is involved. Like this is amazing. They're going to great lengths to to keep this as authentic as they can and respectful to the case history. Yeah, and I think an interesting thing about this case too is this period of time this wasn't the only time uh, an Air Force pilot spotted an object like this in the sky. We also had the Mantell case the same year where, Mm -hmm. you know, he died from Mm -hmm. allegedly uh, passing out from lack of oxygen and having his plane tumble to the sky. So it's, it's not like, and and everyone said uh, that he was chasing Jupiter. Oh no, I'm sorry. Venus, Venus. Uh, And, and that was the, the cause. And yes, Venus is uh, a culprit of being mistaken for a UFO, but, um, especially with with you know the Gorman case with other witnesses, it seems really odd that that would turn out to be what it is. So there's like a lot of mystery and intrigue that what was going on during 1948, or was it just so much hype from the Roswell incident happening? You know, uh, there's a lot going on, and people should research this time period for sure because uh, something strange was happening in the skies. We don't know what what was the deal with the forties, you know? Yeah. I thought what was cool too, it was barely touched on. It was just like a, a single line, I think by captain Quinn in, in the show, but, um, Heineck could ask him, well, have you ever seen anything like this before? And he referred to the Foo Fighters. And of course, we, you know, we're pretty familiar with the fact Foo Fighters were both in the European and Pacific theater during world war two. However, I hadn't really heard of anything, um, stateside, you know, since that time. And, when you heard the description, both in the actual case and then saw it on the show, I mean, this object was very reminiscent 
of what was described as Foo Fighters. So, I mean, there's really some depth behind that case and the program. And you got to hand it to them. They've done a great job with it. And I'm super stoked that they've got the response from the community and those numbers are that high. Yeah, I too, you know, not even containing Project Blue Book, the fact that, you know, they were looking at like the day the earth stood still, what Hollywood was doing at the time, uh. too. And I there was another line, Shane, that I caught, too, which I really liked was, you know, we're we're at war with Hollywood right now to uh, control the UFO topic and the information. So let's start this Project Blue Book in response to all these pilots witnesses you know mentel whittier uh gorman all of these even roswell these all prompted project blue book you know it wasn't just some kook seeing these things it was the military so i thought it was really cool that they touched on that sociological aspect at the time too of uh hollywood and the media and it you know they're not going to go with what the military says they're going to do their own thing so let's control the narrative so that was really interesting too i thought that they tackled in the first episode you know there there are kooks in the military too, right? Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm well aware. <laughs> so I'm I'm enjoying the show so far. I know the first one may have seemed a little slow to some people, but again, you're you're starting a, a show from scratch. You've got to establish your characters, and that's a yeah. big part of it. So this character development, I think, is going to go, uh, you know, in a way we all hope it will. It's going to be really good, really strong characters, really well developed characters. The writing in this is great, and again, with having two of Hynek's sons um, as consultants on this show, we're really going to see some some good character development with Mimi, I think. Um, so that that's going to be coming, Hynek's wife. And, you know, I will say you might want to check out, if you're a podcast listener, which I hope you are because this is a podcast and you're <laughs> listening to one, but um, Sci-Fi's website, Sci-Fi Wire, is doing the official Project Blue Book podcast is just called project blue book official podcast and they're doing it after every episode and they're having people on the show the first episode they did they had the creator of the show on and they're going to have some of the actors on and they're talking about the reasoning behind the decisions they've made with the show they talk about the cases they're covering on the show they talk about just the process of making this series come to life and they do answer a lot of the questions that i know many of the people on the ufo research community have and it just provides incredible insight into the people making this show and why they're doing what they're doing. I think for a lot of the naysayers out there are people who aren't wanting to give this show a chance because it's not a documentary or it's not portraying Project Blue Book 100% accurately. Maybe give these guys a chance and listen to some of the reasoning they've done what they've done and look at this for all of the positives that can come out of this. and take a chill pill and enjoy a fictional show. Sorry. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or just simply don't. Or it. don't. You don't yeah. have to, and nobody says you do. So chill yeah. out, dudes. All right. <laughs> well, let's shift gears now away from Project Blue Book and talk about another piece of UFO history that's getting a bit of a revival on TV, and that's the Roswell UFO incident of 1947. So the CW Network aired a special titled Roswell Mysteries Decoded on Thursday, January 10th. And it starred you, Mr. Ryan Sprague. So let's talk about this show. Um, so first, give us a brief overview of the premise of this show. Yeah, so I mean, this is a brand new investigation of Roswell. And, you know, we have 
pulled the stake out of Dracula yet again, guys, brought it back into the forefront. And, you know, a lot of people were hesitant about that. It's Roswell. We've heard it a million times. But uh, the big thing we're stressing is this is a brand new network that has never explored Roswell before for a younger generation. The demographic is very young for the CW network. So they wanted to give it a chance. They've got a new drama fiction series, just like Project Blue Book, coming out on their their station, Roswell, New Mexico. So they wanted to kind of do what these guys did and tell the real story behind Roswell, get people excited, get them hyped, but also get them informed about what actually happened before they take their drama series into you know endless stories that didn't actually happen and were imagined by writers in a writer's room. So so they hired us to go out and investigate Roswell and see what we could find. And we found some pretty interesting stuff. I can't lie. It was more than I expected. Even going to the project, I'm like, what could we possibly do in Roswell that hasn't been done before? But we brought forth some evidence. We talked to people. We had some revelations. And it was a fun ride for sure. Now, I know we hear a lot of people kind of poo-pooing Roswell within the UFO community, saying that here we are talking about this super old case from 1947. It's been beaten into the ground. Roswell's been done over and over and over again. Let's stop talking about Roswell. But as I've said so many times over the years, I am a Roswell fan. I'm a proponent of continuing Roswell investigation We talk about this a lot, guys, and that's just the idea of the importance of Roswell, not only in UFO history, but, you know, continuing to keep it in the forefront, keeping it um, in the minds of existing uh, UFO researchers and new UFO researchers, people getting into this field. It's certainly a case that people should be aware of and should form their own opinions about. There's so much mixed information out there, but there's still, in my opinion, work that can be done. So I was so excited to see a new investigation going out there, Ryan. And you you expressed this in the show, but I've got to, got to ask you now that I've got you in person, <laughs> describe the feeling of actually going out to the crash site, because I know that's something that, that we've done. Um, Shane, I, I didn't get to drag you out there, I don't think. Um, but I know Maureen next and time. you next time. Yeah. But <laughs> Maureen and Ryan and I have all been out there. So Ryan, what... Describe the feeling of being out at the Roswell crash site. Yeah, so something that didn't make it into the the actual show, unfortunately, was I'm sure you guys have come across this too. There's like this big memorial or placard out in the desert, you know, stating like this is where the crash happened in 1947 and, you know, something unearthly landed here or crash landed. And a lot of people think that's the that's where it happened and they they see it. And they leave uh, when in reality, the actual crash site is like 50, 60 miles away from that. So first of all, like I went into it not knowing any of that. And uh, that was really exciting for me to know that beyond that point, there was about 60 miles of endless desert to go to. And of course, that's where something would crash or try to land, as we we talk about in the special as well. Uh To step foot out there in what could presumably be the actual place of impact, uh, it was amazing, you know, not just as a UFO researcher, but as someone who really likes mythology and stories, uh, it would, to me, would be like stepping foot on 
you know, somewhere where a miracle happened or or where Bigfoot was sighted. It, it It's steeped in such a rich history and mythology. So when I got out of the Jeep and actually stepped foot there and surveyed the area where uh, Frank Kimbler, who I'm sure we'll talk about, brought us to, said this is where it happened. I got chills, as I think anyone who knows this story would. If if this actually happened there, uh, wow, I, I I was speechless when I first stepped out, and then I had to get into investigator mode and start asking the hard questions. So, so yeah, I had that moment of just pure fanboyness when it comes to Roswell, but then it was time to get serious. It's understandable. I mean, Roswell is such a, a gigantic element of UFO history, UFO lore, and pop culture in general. So to be able to be at the actual crash site... Um, yeah, I, t- I totally get it. I felt the same way being out there. It's just sort of an unreal <laughs> realization that, wow, I'm out here in the Roswell crash site. Kind of awesome. Yeah, so, it's crazy. And you got to be and there with... freezing. <laughs> freezing, that's funny. So you got to be there with Frank Kimbler. I've been out there with Frank Kimbler as well. I have tremendous respect for Frank Kimbler. And, you know, it was fun seeing, seeing him on the old TV. I guess I'd love to hear from your perspective what it was like seeing Frank in his element. You not only got to see him out in the debris field with his metal detector, but you also got to see him sort of in his in his teacher mode there at the Military Institute in Roswell. So what was it like being around Frank the professional? Yeah, so I mean, we had just gotten off the plane in Roswell and started to make our way to the actual city of Roswell. So Jennifer, my investigative partner and I, we were exhausted, but you know, our production crew said, Oh, we got to meet with Frank tonight at his, you know, where he's most comfortable in the classroom where he teaches at the uh, New Mexico military Institute. And he wants to uh, show you guys some stuff. So I didn't really know what, we were going to be seeing that night, but I can tell you right now, we were both so tired. And, um, but the minute we got there, I shook hands with Frank and he showed us this really cool augmented reality thing that he used to like triangulate and figure out, uh, the weather conditions during the Roswell UFO crash and where like water runoff would have put wreckage and all this. Uh, I immediately woke up. It was like I had 10 cups of coffee and I was ready to go. So again, being in his classroom, hearing him start to talk about this, that's when I really started to be like, oh my God, here we go. It's like full speed. So it was exciting. It was exciting to finally talk to him about this and to see how he figured out where the crash site was. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was an incredible journey from there. And I loved hearing him say what he said so many times before and what I commend him on every time he says it um, when he and I have conversations. But he said, look, I want this to be from a flying saucer for sure, but... If it's not, if it's somebody's tin can, I want to know that too, and I'll accept it. Absolutely. And that's kind of what my partner expected when we first got out there. She she thought we'd go to this crash site that Frank found the medals at, and we'd find trash. We'd find, you know, beer cans, whatnot. Um, but as you guys can attest as well, when you go out to this actual crash site, it is with the, it's 100 miles from anything any sort of town, city, or life. When you get out there, I didn't see a single bug, a bird, 
nothing. There is <laughs> nothing out there. There is no reason for those medals to have been out there. So I I agree with Frank. You know, what? why, why would they find these things out there if something didn't happen? And what also didn't make it into the show is that Frank also found other things out there. Military buttons from army fatigues right. dated back to the 40s. So right there, that's compelling wow. in itself. It's not just the medals that he's found out there. It's other things that could corroborate that at least the military was out at this site. Right. Right. I was going to bring up that button because um, yeah. it, it's extremely interesting. And yeah, for the general public, obviously, Roswell does not publish their um, their actual crash location because that would be a disaster. It's basically treated like an archaeological site. And I know that every researcher I've uh, that I know has been out there has treated the area with respect. It was kind of interesting because when Jason and I were out there, uh, it was pretty soon after the Sci-Fi Channel did an investigation. Um, mm-hmm. So there was still some of their uh, markers lying around, unfortunately, but you could see where they were digging and and trying to um, find materials. Uh, speaking of materials, so uh, I was in, like interested to see what Frank's reaction was going to be after you got the results that mm. were varied from his results uh, in the lab, but I did not see that. Yes, he did not see that, and I can tell you that we did do that. The minute, uh, a lot of people were wondering too if like I knew what the results were going to be. No, no, they didn't want me knowing. They wanted my initial reaction when we got those results from the metal metals lab. And for those who don't know, Frank has had materials tested before, uh, these specific materials at a lab in Canada, and it came back with high trace elements of molybdenum, this element that should not have been in that metal. There is no reason for it to be. And that is an unusually high amount if it were to be. So we were excited when we learned about that, but we wanted to get them tested as well. So we brought them to an aerospace lab, metals testing lab in Los Angeles, and put them through rigorous testing. And uh, we got the results. And those results were not what we had hoped for, not what we expected. But that is the reality part of this television thing is it wasn't what we expected and it wasn't what a lot of people probably hoped for alien materials you know so i did you guys consider having the i know that there was leftover organic material on three of the <laughs> six samples did you consider taking that organic material to another uh, lab to analyze Really good question. Yes. So, I mean, these organic materials found on the other three, obviously a metals lab can't test that. Um, the thing with that is it could be anything. And we we know that as well. It could have been trace elements of dirt, a plant, soil, anything, rain, water, anything. Uh, we were at a metals lab. That's all the budget we had for this certain TV special to do. Um, so, you know, at the end of the special, we even say there's more tests to be done. So, yeah, Maureen, we're we're taking those three other materials to get tested somewhere else and uh, and to work with Frank on that as well. We did film Frank's response. I will say we did do that the moment we found out. I called him. We put him on speakerphone. We had our two metallurgists explain what they found to Frank, and they had a really good conversation about what to do with this, where to go, and what questions still need to be asked. Unfortunately, because of time constraints, they chose to edit that out. Uh, I was a little bummed, but again, like 
that's the way television works. They they want it to be as clear and concise for an audience who may not know any of this, the baggage that comes with it, the science behind it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I can tell you right now, we're already in the works getting those other things tested we hope to go back to the site and look for some stuff with frank and we have a bunch of testimony that we're still uh looking to get from a lot of people directly involved indirectly involved but uh yeah it's a journey we've kind of really only begun and i'm excited so ryan i don't know how much you can talk about this but you you mentioned it before now this was a one-off tv special that the cw did but that is not the uh, end game, right? I mean, the the hope is for there to be more um, sort of growing into a series, right? Yeah. I mean, in terms of if it's just Roswell, I can't really speak to or right. not. I mean, you, these things are just, you know, change every day. Right. Uh, what we did is we were hired to do a one-hour special about Roswell, and that was to run in tandem with the fictional show coming out, Roswell, New Mexico. They wanted to get people excited, get them informed, so we did that. We did our job. We delivered it to the CW, and they it kind of blew them away. They had no idea how extensive the, the case and the cover-up actually were when it came to this. So uh, they were super excited, and they even had us film additional material where we said, we're not done. There's still so much more to investigate. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Uh, I think they're excited to keep exploring this. We clearly are excited to keep looking into it. I mean, you guys know the dead ends that come with this case, and every time you think you have an answer, something changes. So I hope that they want more. If people do want more, let them know, because we're ready and rearing to go. I'm optimistic and, and just really excited to see this sort of new thing that's happening you know we're seeing it with project blue book and then with roswell seeing networks that have this interest in the real life element of ufos ufo history ufo cases the reality of ufos and take, taking roswell you know feeling that desire or seeing the the interest for the audience to have the real life foundation laid to then go into a fictional show um, with history, providing the real-life history behind the things they're presenting in their fictional show, Project Blue Book. That's so exciting to see. And, I mean, we, we all know that the UFO topic is very popular in pop culture, in Hollywood. We see it in so many TV shows, so many movies. But now we're having networks want to go further and bring the reality, the the actual reality into these reality shows or into TV specials or things like that. It's it's cool, man. It's a it's a cool new world. I like seeing it. Me too. I mean, even if it wasn't Roswell, the fact that we're getting a Project Blue Book show alone huh, was yeah. enough for me. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. we've we've got our thing. We all know there's a lot of other UFO material coming out to the stars in terms of television shows, documentaries, movies. This I honestly think this is part of that to the star syndrome. And I love it. I love this ride, and uh, we'll see where it goes. I think it's responsible of these TV networks to do this, to get the actual information out there, and uh, I hope we see more and more and more of that. Well, Absolutely. Ryan, Bring on the extraterrestrial invasion, Hollywood. Please do. <laughs> Ryan, for anyone who wasn't able to catch the show when it aired on the CW, how can people check it out? 
Uh, they can go right now to cwseed.com. It is completely free to stream. It's an app as well, so you can get it on all your devices. It's uh, the recommended one right now, right at the top. So I hope people will check it out. If you do want more, let CW, let CWC know we're ready to go. And uh, I hope people like it. And please reach out to me. Criticisms, questions, comments, I am completely open. And you have to be willing to do that when it comes to Roswell, for sure. Yeah, it's a really good point. Really good point. Well, I enjoyed it. There's lots of quote-unquote cameos on this show, too, for UFO researchers. You'll see a lot of people you you recognize. Um, fun show. Check it out. Well, citizens, we invite you to come join us in the Rogue Planet Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Rogue Planet and let us know what you thought of the first episode of Project Blue Book, what you thought of Roswell Mysteries Decoded, or anything else UFO-related that's on your mind. You can find more episodes of Unknown on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, YouTube, you know, all the podcast places. Unknown is a Rogue Planet production. Big thanks to our talented friend and fellow Rogue Planeteer, Caleb Hanks, for the show's intro and outro music. Of course, you can always find this show at RoguePlanet.tv. RoguePlanet.tv is your home for all the strange. It's also where you can get your own Unknown t-shirt from the Rogue Planet store. Just go to store.RoguePlanet.tv. Thanks again for hanging out with us today. I'm Jason McClellan. I'm Maureen Ellsbury. I'm Shane Hurd. And I'm Ryan Sprague. Do us a favor, friends. Always treat the UFO subject with the cautious and responsible skepticism it deserves. Question everything. Have the courage to form your own opinions. Keep the truth as the focus of your quest, even if the truth conflicts with your own opinions. And, of course, stay strange. Stay strange.